All right. Yes. Okay. Welcome in. This is episode five of the No View Show. This is the Super International Edition. Joining us today, uh, huge, huge gem, uh, former one-time roommate, uh, future Canadian coming back. Joining us live, I believe, from Saturday from the future. Uh, must be nice uh, in Ashoro, Japan. Mitchell Bowie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. <laughs> hey, happy <laughs> to have you. Um, yeah. Sorry, I don't know why. Usually it goes full screen, and now it's not, and I'm enter full screen. <laughs> hey, okay, right. okay. Now we're rolling. There we go. Speaking. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's Saturday morning here. Nice, um, nice. Usually the weekends are filled with a couple of tea times on Saturday morning, Sunday morning. But oh, really? I thought, I, I thought I'd devote my time to to do this weekend. So, well, there's something to be said for here. charity work. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what maybe, uh, I'll you some, little... <laughs> maybe I'll get some royal maybe I'll get some royalties when this blows up finally. Uh, it's ain't about blowing up spot ideas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so normally what you got a little nine hole track over there, eighteen hole track? What's the play? So there's actually a twenty seven hole course here. Oh dope. Yes. So it's about an hour, hour fifteen from Ashoro here. Down in Obihiro. Yeah. So I get to take my small Honda Fit car that, <laughs> that can fit in the back of my previous Ford Ranger I owned in Canada. So I buzz around in that thing. So I get to the golf course. Um, Japanese golf course is a little different than back home. You have to check in at the front desk and they give you a little book. And then you have to go... And sign in with the starter, and then go and have a meeting with your little party you're golfing with, and then you make your way in a four-person golf cart, so everyone drives in together. <laughs> whole round, whole round, one-person golf or whole, one, whole whole round. It oh boy, it is tough. Yeah, so you're chasing that thing around for at least. <laughs> <laughs> I need a nine iron. <laughs> Wait. So usually what I usually what I do is I grab at least four clubs and I start walking ahead of everybody. <laughs> That's rough, man. Uh, yeah. It is rough. So Are you allowed yeah. to walk? You can walk, but but nobody you have does. to walk. People do, but you have to get a caddy if you walk. Oh. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. More interesting is that all the caddies are women here. Uh, not as interesting that it is Asia and culturals yeah. and values, I'm sure, play a big part in that. Yeah. But also, so, yeah, I mean, very strange for us being over there. Yeah. So I was pretty surprised the first time I was at that golf course. Yeah. That is strange. It, it's, it's an experience to go there. That's for sure. I mean, we're used to, you know, trunk slamming at the old Montgomery there <laughs> 20 minutes for the tea time. <laughs> Yeah, hoping hoping to get a cart that will make it eighteen holes, let alone exactly. sign in. You know, recon with your group of four. Sometimes you show up and you're learning names, hoping that you know you might get the scorecard for once, so you don't forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely the feeling. The feeling I had the first time I went was like, "What is going on here?" <laughs> 
Yeah, like this is this is this is not the same. This is like, very very different. Like, can I just go to the first tee already, or do I got to go through an interview before I get on the tee box? <laughs> you're walking up there, you're like, uh, I don't know if you guys could tell visually. Japanese is not my first language. I don't know how much you want to put me through today. <laughs> Maybe we could make sure yeah. one of those other three is a verified bilingual. <laughs> That's the thing. Usually, wherever I go, yep, I'm the only only one with like grade one level English, which really? is shocking. Yeah, is that because of how isolated the parts of Japan you are in, or? Yeah, I think it has to deal with it. It's due to that, but I think it's also that this part of Japan doesn't get very many foreigners around it. Ah, uh, fair. So people don't even if they do study English, people don't get the opportunity to use it a lot. Uh, yeah. they, that, that's got to be the hardest part. Yeah, unless they use like the the Skype video chat rooms with like foreigners to keep their English up, but it's definitely lagging behind places like Tokyo and Osaka. Yeah, and down south there. I mean, which does make sense because I know the bigger centers, English is the the language of business. So I would imagine, given the well, I mean, the amount of business and just people in general in, in Tokyo and the, the larger cities so that there would be a lot more English. How's yeah. your uh, How's your Japanese? <laughs> Is your Japanese pretty... grade one level? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I I do the nice uh, head bob and smile and say, <laughs> "Yeah, I think I do that for most of my day." But it's on. It's honestly the hardest language I've ever had to try and learn. Yeah, I mean, the sounds alone and, I mean, symbols versus what, you know, and English is no, English is one of the poorly, most poorly put together languages in general, really, structurally, visually. Like, honestly, if it wasn't for the colonial way that it came about to be so world-renowned, it's a pretty terrible language. It's a pretty tough one to grasp. Yeah. So, so I've been told, I mean, I find mine deteriorates more year to year than it does improve. Try try living somewhere where you never speak it. <laughs> See, and that's like, and that was one of the one things I want to ask you. Because obviously, you've been there. How long have you been there now? So it's been one year, and six months on the nose, almost. Damn. So eighteen yeah. months. Yeah. So I, I mean, I could ask you a bunch of questions about that, but what do you think? Like the biggest, maybe not the biggest initial change. Well, actually, you know what? Yeah. What was the biggest initial change when you got there? Um, but what I'm really curious to know is long term in terms of like adapting. What do you find like? even today is still hard to, to adapt to. So when I first got here, the language was definitely the biggest one that being basically illiterate and mute for yeah. the majority of your day is pretty tough. Like I found it pretty tough to deal with, to be like, Man, I can talk to two people and then that's hard. Fa and then FaceTime whenever I can with my family and friends. But that's definitely the toughest part was dealing with being in your own head for so much of your day. Yeah. So especially for idiots like us. Yeah. So I had the, <laughs> I had the ha I had my hamster wheel in my brain going pretty hard for a while. Yeah. Trying to keep some, some sorts of saneness in my life because. <laughs> did you, sorry, did while, you, yeah. For a while I would just lay in my apartment and be like, why the hell did I come here? Like, it's just—it was just such a big change from what I was doing before. Yeah. 
Because like, that's one thing, like, did you, did you think about that before you got there? Like, did you prepare in any way to think, you know, this is going to be a huge culture shock. The language probably is going to be a huge play. Like, did you, you know, did you think about the time zone difference in terms of maybe trying to keep a schedule of talking to people or like, how did you, how did you prepare prior to that? Or were you just kind of going at it? Like open mind, open wings, here we go. Let's see what happens. Open mind, open wings, buddy. Just went <laughs> Jump in, off hey. the cliff and hope for the best. Snap my passport, yeah. boys. I'll see you, I'll see you in 2021. Yeah. What can yeah. go wrong, he says, before he hopped on a flight. <laughs> I'm going to hey, come you're... back and everything's going to be normal, right? Uh, absolutely, you're... Mitch. We'll see you in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Year, oh. year one was good. Year one was good. And then year two started off pretty well. And yeah. then... January hit and it just went to a complete nosedive but could kind of see uh, the because you were I mean as far as continents concerned and I don't know what the news cycle is like over there and I imagine you're still plugged in more to the western culture than their culture but like if you really look at it we were probably two three months behind you know yep. I looked like chicken little on the Friday I left work because I said hey I'm just gonna grab all my stuff just in case we're going to be working from home that next week on like the Tuesday they said hey pack your stuff like you guys got to be out of here by Friday yeah so I remember texting my parents being like, hey, you guys should start buying some hand sanitizer and maybe try and order some masks online. Wow. And, and because once it hit in Japan, there was nothing. Really? People started hoarding stuff. There was no toilet paper. I don't know what the whole toilet paper epidemic was about. Like, that and this was, is like, uh, this like January, February? This was February. Yeah. So I started to tell my family in February that start getting ready because it's going to hit you and then it's going to turn out to be what we're doing now. So and they're, te they're, they're telling you to kick rocks. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You're going to be mad at That, oh my goodness. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. So February, things started kicking off here and the shell toilet paper was gone. Masks really? were gone. Um, hand sanitizer, you couldn't buy that stuff anywhere. Um, and then people started kind of hoarding food. Uh, uh, yep. people, were, people were just like making pretty big runs in the grocery stores. I would just take things over time and just accumulate stuff. So now I have like 15 boxes of like mixed beans in my cupboard for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> but just yeah. in case conscripted <laughs> yeah <laughs> i thought it was just gonna be like draconian times here i mean it was though really because and that you know what there's there's not often times of jealous of being or envious of being in somebody else's position to really especially in the world where everything is so instant like if something happens that's dramatic you know on another part of the world you know even lebanon a couple weeks ago like it's instant there's no it's the 24-hour news cycle it's what we're a part of so i can't I, I think, you know, if there was one time I'd really appreciate to be the person I was and be there beside you and just watch all those things unfold literally like, you know, four to six weeks prior to, I mean, we, we say we're, we're connected. We say, you know, the supply chain's connected, that we're, we're so interconnected globally and to, yeah, to text your family and say, I'm not an expert, but I think these things might happen. And if they do, this is what it looks like over here. And even if you had texted me that, I'd have been like, I, I might have researched it, but I'd have probably told you the same thing. I'm like, oh, I'll just deal with that when it gets there. 
And then, yeah. yeah, two weeks in, we're going to the grocery store and all of a sudden there's signs up going, you know, two packs of toilet paper per customer. And all I could think about was like, you know, if you're pooping that much, <laughs> the issue ain't the toilet paper, kids. And if you have access to a washer and dryer, you're never really out of toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Um, but yeah, to get back to your, your question about what I've tried to do to adjust over the long term. Yeah, the long term. I'm very curious to know if there's still like, maybe if it doesn't bother you daily, but things you still, you know, you go out and you, you realize or you think to yourself like, oh, this is still like, I'm still adjusting to this or. Yeah. So over the long term, the language started to get a little better. Um, I learned a bit more, still learn every day. Yeah. And it feels like my brain's on fire when I try and use Japanese, but yeah. Um, that's basically the only thing that I've really struggled with with the long term. Like going so you places. Feel, you feel pretty comfortable day to day then? Yeah, day to day I feel pretty comfortable going places because I came to realize that Japanese people are very polite with foreigners because they know that Japanese is difficult to learn and they try oh. their hardest to kind of, they try their hardest to kind of dig up that grade seven, eight, nine English they learned. Damn. And help you out. So they can they can see the blank stare on my face. My yeah. eyes going all deer in headlights because I'd have no idea what they're saying. And they try their they try their best to, to help you out, which was really nice. So Yeah, that's gotta make you feel yeah, just like internally you know that they're not just trying to shuffle you through, they're at least gonna give it their best shot. Yeah. And the thing I've learned with Japanese people is that every interaction they have is pretty meaningful to them. So if they can help oh, you in cool. any way, they appreciate it a lot. So, and you think that's part of like that's just part of the culture in terms of that that every day like there's a maybe an elevated level of respect almost. Oh, one hundred percent. Like these kids are taught from grade school to help each other, to lift each other up, and kind of like pull the pack along before you go and sprint ahead. Damn! Imagine, imagine if we taught a little more like that. Over here. Yeah, and that that's that's what I think makes like society here a little more um bearable kind of the the sense of community would you say is big yeah because it's not so much of me 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 it's all about we yes yeah. yes um so they don't have the the whole independent cancel culture kind of get on everybody so you can get ahead but <laughs> um that's the one thing that I've noticed is is really nice that people have their head on their shoulders. Sure, there's going to be the people that uh, don't really know what's going on and yes. have the opposite view. But yep. for the most part, even in a small town here in Ashoro, it's like living back in the early 2000s, basically. And everyone's kind of pulling on the same rope. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, you know, and I think one of the, if there's a common theme, I guess, besides COVID that's kind of, you know, entrapped these, these first few ones is we keep talking about like not only communication, but how to genuinely give people your time, you know, and give people your effort. And I think, I really think that's going to be the only cure moving forward, especially as the world moves toward a more digitally enhanced you know it's it's every day right i was looking at i'm driving my dad's car around right now it's a six-speed standard and it was parked outside of greg's house yesterday and, and sherry our assistant said oh did you you know did you get a new car 
I was like, no, I didn't. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun to drive and it's fast and it's, and it's cool. And then I thought about, you know, and they were like, well, what are these, what are these go for? And I was like, it's 2009, it's a six speed Audi TT for any car nerds out there. Um, but I think it was like under 20 grand used and it might've had a hundred K on it. And then I thought about, I was like, kids today, not even kids today, but people today want Teslas because they love the technology in them. They love the eco-friendliness. Like, like I like driving the car because it's fast. It's an experience. You get to, you know, kind of shut out the outside world. Like that's your little space. That's the thing that moves you around. And I thought about, cause you know, they in their fifties, they're like, yeah, there's this sweet little car. Like it'd be fun to drive. And I thought about Jack and like, you know, my own brother and like, you know, my cousin and it's, you know, I want a Tesla. I want something electric. I want something with like gadgets on it. So it's just, sorry to tie this all together before I, you know, do what I like to do and tell five stories at once. <laughs> it's just, it's so interesting to me how things are changing in terms of what people want and how we perceive even everyday things like cars. Uh, so when you say early 2000s, like the first thing that comes to mind is the, the digital aspect, but the sense of community and the breakdown of communication and not like you would break down a formula, like the, in my opinion, deterioration of the quality of communication is not ruining things, but I think it's a slippery slope of where we're headed. The same with technology and not that I am anti-technology, but I just wonder, I wonder what people are going to yearn for as the years go by. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I've noticed I've become really dependent on my technology being here because it's kind of like my only gateway back home. Yes. It's the only way that I can communicate with my family. It's the only way that I can get the news. Which is, the, which is like the beautiful part of it, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is that every Monday morning when I see the your weekly screen report come up, <laughs> I, have small, I have a small heart attack because it's the equivalent of averaging a whole work day almost with me sometimes. Uh, you obviously haven't listened to a few of the uh, few of the recent episodes because I think I've asked two out of two out of four uh, their weekly screen time, and I mean you walked right into it. What is that? What's that report number looking like recently here? I looked at it last night. It was six hours and eight minutes a day. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's on par for yeah. most answers. And my favorite follow up is, well, first of all, pre COVID, did you did you pay attention to your screen time? Yep, I was averaging around three and a half. Damn, damn, that's sweet. Yeah. Um, so as, as a percentage, and it's not like a big question, but out of that, like, what do you think is genuinely beneficial and or productive to your everyday? So beneficial, if I need to go somewhere, I can't yeah. read street signs. So yeah, fair. Google Maps is open all day. Um, the thing that I don't like doing is being on Instagram and Facebook <laughs> and just like sitting on my couch and looking at my phone while I'm watching TV. I think that's the biggest waste of my life I do, but I just, sometimes I just can't figure out what to do with my free time here because there's so much that I'm limited to because I yes. can't necessarily interact with people on a level where I can go and just be really independent. Oh, and I mean, even like, I, I know, and I guess people are, don't know you that well, like physical fitness is a huge thing, but you can only work out so much. You can only run so much. Like, you know, even if you were to work out in the morning, full workout prior to work and go for a two hour run after like, you're going to be torched. And then it is like, you know, if there's one thing I can help you feel less alone in, like that's where I'm at right now. My bike rides have become criminal. Like they're just, they get longer by the week. And when my bikes were being worked on and they weren't uh, in a spot they needed to be, 
yeah, you just like, you just sink your time into these things and you get buried for an hour or two. And then all of a sudden you're like, what am I, what, what is this worth? What is this worth to me? Yeah, that's, see, I have, I've had the opposite effect since, since being here is like kind of just don't have the complete motivation to get back in there fully. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have the commitment that I used to have. And that may be part because the, the gym here, the equipment is literally from the 1950s they yeah. have it since they've opened the building. Yeah. And the other side of it is like, I just sometimes feel like, why the hell am I doing it? Do you find it it's hard to train without a goal or like a race or a team? Like, do you, do you find that hard without having kind of that finish line? Yeah, kind of. Cause when I was, when I was in my, peak physical fitness back in university i was playing hockey i had a purpose to do it because Mm -hmm. i wanted to be a better athlete yeah and even the year or two after i finished playing hockey it was still had that kind of drive to do it yeah comes almost a lifestyle at that point yeah but after a certain point i was just kind of burnt out from it i needed something new but i haven't really found that kind of alley to go down to kind of get myself back into that mental space where I want to be a competitor and kind of be a better athlete. And so it's just hard for me to get back into that, especially here because I have so much more mental, mental roadblocks to conquer before I can even like get back into the gym full time and full force because yeah. No, but I, but I agree. Like it's in, you know, it's obviously different because of how much different your life changes, uh, like you specifically in going there and, and like what you have to, to use because even like myself, I, you know, I, I lost, I've lost 18 pounds in quarantine, um, uh, which is insane. Cause I didn't feel pre COVID. I had any weight to lose. Like I was pretty comfortable with where I'm at and, you know, yeah, you know what, just for fun. And this is probably one of the only viewers that I'll do this with. Uh, but I know we always, we live together. What do you think I'm weighing in at right now? You say you lost 18 pounds. Yeah, I, I was, yeah, I yeah. wanted to ask you without giving that away, but that's probably, uh, you're probably going to be within five pounds now. <laughs> I'm going to say you're a buck 62. Yeah, 167. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. And that's all, that's, that's like lean muscle too. So. Very lean, very lean right now. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and, and not to spend too much time on that, but what I found was, so right when COVID kind of started, you know, March here ain't the prettiest. April usually gets a little better. And if you're a bit more of a hero, you'll be on your bike and running outside a little sooner than the more fair weather group, which I was. Um, but like, I didn't have any weights and same thing, never, never threw around too much weight, but I mean, the gym was at least two hours of my day between going there, showering and or throwing in a hot tub or a swim two hours out of every day. Okay. Now that's gone. Now what do you do? You know, inserted the bike, inserted running. That's great. But then I was looking at myself one day and I'm like, you're losing upper body mass. And again, it wasn't like, you know, Oh my God, you're going to be, you know, thin. My legs were doing just fine. And my cardio's never been better. Um, but even like, you know, my, my roommate moved out your old room right now has a couple 20 pound weights, uh, a chair, some, some bands and, and a yoga mat because, you know, I don't love the expression a cage with a wheel is better than one without, but man, like there's, there's too many hours in the day right now is what it feels like some days. Yeah. I feel you after COVID hit here, they shut the gym down. They Mm -hmm. shut all public spaces down. So, um, I went to work 
and then I went home and I couldn't I, I couldn't do anything. So I got a chin up bar for my door frame. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, I did chin ups, push ups and squats for a month yeah. and a half. Only. Just the basics. Just the basics. That was probably the hardest motivating factor for me to work out was like if you don't do this, you're gonna you're gonna be so far behind from where you are, even if you did this little bit the whole time. Yeah, it almost becomes like a, a maintenance mentality. Yeah, so it's like, okay, like if we don't build anything right now in any sense, let's at least try and keep this level at a nice spot. Yeah, so that was the hard part for me, but it's just for some reason the the mental aspect of it for me is it's just starting to flicker. Yeah. So what, uh, you know, I mean, you, what is it? August, almost September. So one, two, when are you back? March, February, March 1st, March 1st, 2021. Yes, sir. So we're looking at six months. Yep. It's almost like on the dot. 184 days or something <laughs> for those keeping track at home. But, but who's counting? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you know what it reminds me of, and a little different because you know Victoria ain't as far as as a Shoro, uh, but grade ten when I was at Brentwood, like the, I think it was the final break we came back and in, in BC, I think you have to write provincial exams uh, in grade ten, so I had to write nine here and then ten there, and it just so happened because you know those provincial exams are the same date for every student in the province. Uh, was like four extra days after everybody went home, so all the grade tens had to stick around. So it was like after the final break and between like final exams, I had that countdown and just every day, like by the day and people are like, yeah, you're counting down like 37 days. Hey, and I'm like, I kind of hate it here. Like I don't, <laughs> I'm trying to make the best of it because that's the kind of people I think we are, but yeah, it ain't, <laughs> it ain't paradise every day. Yeah, that's true. Um, like you got any, like, like what, what keeps you motivated with that last, like six months is a very, you know, you can, you, you can stomach that, right? Like you can go, okay, six months, fuck, that's, you know, that ain't even going to make me a different age. Like that's just, it's going to suck, but it's half a year. Like I can get through this, I've been here for a year and a half. Like what kind of keeps you, anything keeping you motivated or you're just kind of happy with where you're at and you know, you, you know, it'll be over when it's over and you, like, I guess, I guess where's your appreciation out of the experience as well? Honestly, the appreciation for this is like I've become a way more independent person. Okay. So kind of I know that I can go do things on my own and kind of be uncomfortable to get comfortable. Yeah. Because for a long time I wasn't scared. I was more like very uneasy about what I was doing because I had no idea what was going on. Someone yes. could like it was just such a foreign thing for me to be outside of Canada because yeah. I've never been outside of North America. Yeah. So, but now like I can go wherever I want. I don't really care. It's it's more comfortable for me to be here and be alone than I ever thought I would be. So I'm really appreciative for that. Yeah. Um, it's been a really cool experience. Like I never thought that I would be able to do something like this in my life. Um, yeah, I mean, it's but, crazy. And, you know, I remember even when we talked about it before you left, it was like, you know, would you go or, you know, what would you do? And I was like, yeah, I'd probably still go at 50. Like, I think, yeah, I think where you and I are really similar is, I, I just thought about this analogy, so stick with me. 
but it's almost as if like, you know, if you were at the top diving board and you're staring at the pool, there's some people who would run off that diving board because they have that genuine fearlessness and that like they have no issue making that call, but when they hit the water, can they swim? Yeah. And I think, you know, where you and I are is like, oh, we'll have no issue once we're in the water, if we're in the deep end, if there's a current, like we'll figure that out. But yeah, jumping off that board, like yeah, that that's the hard part is just like, just do it. Just, just go like try and yeah. find a way, find one reason and just take that step off. And once you hit the water, you'd be like, okay, you know what? We'll figure it out. We'll be all right. Yeah. But there's a lot of people I have to, to thank for pushing me off the diving board. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. I'd have kicked you if I could. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure I didn't even make the top 10. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was, it was, it was, it was tough trying to decide to come, but yeah, honestly, I, I knew deep down that if I didn't go, it would have been a big mistake. So I'm really glad that I did come here and, it's been an awesome experience so far. Like, well, and even to think like, you know, you said earlier, things may never quite be the same. I think this will also, and I, it's just another reason I really want to start this. Like, Cause I think people need to hear that, especially in these times. And, you know, we talked about it more or less in private about, you know, you got every reason in the world to leave if you wanted to. Like, yeah, nobody said, Hey Mitchell, gun to your head. Like you got to finish out your contract, but it's, it's just, it's with inside of you. You're like, no, this is not who I am. I'm just going to honor this. We're going to get it, make it to the end and, and we'll be done. And and that's, that's life. Uh, so, you know, I just think it aids in, in that mentality, right? That I'll, I'm, I'm able to do anything. Like it just expands, expands your ability and your horizons. <laughs> Can you hear that on your side? Oh yeah. It sounds yeah like it's a-, a small shop operation. So uh, take a quick pause here, entertain the folks, but we're going to have to let this uh, mutant rat in here. <laughs> Come Come join the show. Yeah, this is good television, good radio right here. It's good radio. It's It's your world. (laughs) Here, sorry, I guess we got video here for the folks at home. That's a cute dog. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anyway, pardon me. Uh, Um, I guess if there's not really a follow-up, but like, yeah, moving forward, I guess one, I, I kind of want to know what your plan is or not plan, but what's, you know, what's next after this? So I have been trying to figure that out the whole time I was here. Um, yeah. I really kind of struggled with figuring out what I want to do later on in life. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have any real direction because I didn't want to go back to what I was doing before. Yeah. Work, working in Fort McMurray and Fort St. John, living yep. the the oil field life like i really commend the oil field workers that do do it for their entire lives because that's a tough lifestyle to live it's tough tough work and it's hard work and you're away from your family and your friends for a long time you you do make good money but you have to have pretty good mental fortitude to yeah kind of do that at weekend and week out yeah at what price essentially yeah so i definitely didn't want to go back to that um before I came here, I was, I was pretty against being an educator and a teacher. Yeah. Um, but coming here and doing my job where I like 
part-time teach English to kids, it kind of pushed me in the direction to want to be a teacher maybe because I didn't realize that I had the skill of like not the skill of teaching, but more the ability of the to connect maybe. Yeah. More of the ability to connect to the, the kids and kind of form a bond with them. Like it's pretty I feel crazy like you that, had, like it feels it, like you have an impact. Yeah. Cause it's pretty crazy that these kids and I, we don't understand each other maybe 95% of the time. Yeah. They ask you, what <laughs> food do you like? Yeah. I like pizza. <laughs> and like, that's the only kind of real interaction, uh, with language you get, but it's pretty cool to walk into the schools here and these kids are super pumped to see you. Yes. So that kind of pushed me in the direction of being a teacher because I figured hey, I'm good at forming connections with people. I can maybe teach them something along the way. Mm-hmm. So why not be a teacher? It's, it kind of just felt more natural after as time went on. Yeah. But, um, that's kind of the direction I'm looking in right now. And then maybe trying to get into some side gig on the way. Yeah. But co-host. Yeah. Hello. Co-host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But as a career goes, I think that's probably the best path for me because I'd like to go back to school. And if I can go back to school and get a degree where I have a specific job that I would be working towards, that would be ideal. Like you want to, you want to go to school for a trade, essentially like being a lawyer or being a doctor or a dentist. So yeah, it is a secure way of getting a job. And I think I'd be pretty good at it to be honest. No, and that's that's huge. And I mean, you know, there's no replacement. It's another thing we talk about, but I talk about it usually more in terms of fitness. Is there's no, there's no substitute for experience, right? It's it's like going to the range versus going to the golf course. Like, yeah, you could you know student teach for a month or two in a rural school, like you've lived that experience. But to, I mean, literally teach halfway across the world in in any capacity, let alone the challenges that come with being in Japan, like you know, you just, you just learn about yourself and you're tested. And I think that's what a lot of people are maybe missing is that ability. And I mean, even right now, it's harder to even conceptualize doing anything that other than what people might be doing right now, especially like myself, you know, super grateful to be employed. Uh, but yeah, it's like, okay, but what am I learning about myself or what am I, you know, what's coming natural? What is, what do I like about the things I do every day? What don't I like? And I, just you know it's it's fun to hear other people's experiences and it's fun to hear like you know you saying that where it didn't come natural at the start but eventually you know you you start to realize like hey this this might be for me i'm kind of decent at this and even the carry over in other aspects of your life you know yeah so i think it actually has to do a lot with your personality matchup because i know you you like to interact with people and your job is talking to people every single day so I wanted to be a teacher right when I got into school. Yeah. I could definitely see you being a teacher, but I think I like you more in the capacity you're in now because you kind of get to teach people what you're doing and kind of guide them instead of like, here's the material and pushing it on them. Uh, The way I explained it to somebody the other day, pardon me, was like, the reason I really enjoy doing what I do is because people care deeply about their money. 
Yeah. So I knew that there would be an immediate vested interest versus even in my later years in, years in university. And I guess we, we were on the exact same timeline for that. And actually, you know what, let's talk about this for a little bit. Like, how did you find even the people you were going to school with? And science might be a little different than the arts because the arts is a little less hands-on, uh, especially in economics. There wasn't, you know, it's not a whole lot of debates in economics versus say a, a political science, but how did you find like the people around you? Did you find them generally checked in, generally checked out? Like, you know, the engagement level was what was concerning for me as a student. And to see it at that level where, you know, we're supposed to be young adults in our late teens, early 20s. And to see so many people, in my opinion, just mentally not there it was so discouraging to even think about being, you know, a high school or junior high or even an elementary teacher. So in my program, the people were more invested in their, they were more invested in their future after the degree they were in. So they were pretty, they were pretty adamant on getting things done and kind of doing their best to get the highest grade possible. Cause everyone I talked to was like, Oh, I'm going to go to grad school. I'm going to okay. go do this PhD. But to yeah. be honest, there were quite a few people that didn't really care. And I'll tell the truth that, I was probably one of those people at one point in my degree. Yeah, because, <laughs> I think it happens to everyone. Uh, when I was in school, I kind of didn't really like what I was doing, but I was good at it. That was the problem. Ah, um, that's a trap then, in and of itself. Yeah, because I didn't realize that till after I finished. And I got into the field of my degree, and I looked around. And I was like, this is not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And, it was kind of the only avenue that I had, but now I see that there's more. Yes. Which is good. Um, but after it was all said and done, I felt like I kind of just zombied my way into the path that I was on, and it just didn't feel right to me. So that's where I wanted to make a change. And after working in my field for a while, it kind of just sucked the life out of me. Yeah. And no, and, but I mean that's like sorry, go ahead. And it just it just didn't feel like I could do that forever or yeah. even for the next year. So that's yeah. where I made the change and I decided to to come across the pond. Yeah, take take a full one eighty. Yeah. Well it's just even again, like it's interesting hearing those things because you know, I, the stats show as far as I know, like that's millennials millennials and our turnover is as high as any generation. And I only think that's going to become more in the sense that, yeah, if we don't feel like we're a part of it or a purpose, or we feel like it's clicking early, we like to leave, but it's not because of disloyalty. It's because, yeah, if we don't feel like there's a purpose, then we're, we're just dissatisfied. Yeah. It's also a freedom to explore. Like you want to be able to do things with your life. And I've yeah. noticed that our generation likes to go on a, like go on adventures and go, do things that you like to do. And yeah. if you don't feel like you love your job, then you're probably not going to stay in it for very long. And even the ability, like, like you said, adventure and, and work remotely, you know, be a digital nomad. Like there's just, there's still as, as bad as times are right now, at least in this province slash this nation slash, I mean, even the Western or, well, I guess all around the world. Um, I still see it just a great deal of opportunity. One, I'm an extremely hopeful person. And I think, there's no other option except for us as a as a society, as a culture, as a race, you know, human race to to figure these things out. There's obvious anxieties, I think, that go along with where we're at right now. Um, 
but even just like the exploration of ideas, like, you know, we got these devices that plug us into 90% of the world's known knowledge and we just bury our heads in Instagram for a couple hours. Like that's, that's, that's what we do with this device. <laughs> yeah. That's where like, I find I waste most of my time is on that kind of stuff where I could be kind of enhancing my own knowledge, but, but I don't. Yeah. And it's just like, you just get stuck in that cycle and yes. it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, it's not a, it kind of is like a drug because you keep going back for more. Even no, if it you is though. To. It is because you find like you you click your phone open and you're like, what am I doing? Like what like what am yeah. I going to go look at? I just looked at it five seconds ago. Matt, I checked the weather on the hour. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I like you know you can go outside and check the weather too. Like if you want to know in real time what's going on, and a little bit of that you know is timing the wind for my workouts usually. But yeah, it's just there's an immense amount of of distractions and the ability to like truly remain disciplined in your scheduling, your time management. And the one thing I've talked about on pretty much everyone is where's your energy going? You know, what are you, what are you really pouring that time and effort into? Because it's all right to be on your phone for four hours. If a friend of the show here. um... (laughs) Okay. I just had to come and say hello. Hello. (laughs) That's fine. Okay. This is, uh, no, that's all right. Yeah, do you want this? Here. Sorry, everybody. I don't need the microphone. I just need to say hi to my <laughs> Sorry, other it's, boy. it's just a little lag, so that might be the best view okay, you well, get. Well, know. The recording would be beautiful. Cause... I know. Mitchell's on the FaceTime with Alex. and he's Yeah, no, like, it's a bit of a show, but this is fine. This would oh, be great for right. you. No, no, it's okay. Say Who's, that again. This? Love you, that's Bob. Uncle David. Mitchell, love you. Oh, Miss you. hey, love how's you, it going? Bob. Hey, check we'll out here when you get back. Check out the No View yeah. show on, on Apple Podcasts. It's gonna be episode five. You're gonna, now gonna be a part of it. Sorry, Alex. No, it's fine. I told you pre-show that you know it's whatever. We're gonna cut the show short today. No. Um, <laughs> one rule, mom. Stay upstairs. Oh. So what I get is what I get for using the rural studio, right? Yeah, honestly. The respect in this nation is yeah. disgusting. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying, Mr. Bowie. Uh, I was going to ask you where you left off there. Like what you're pouring your energy into. Well, what I'm trying to do, well, you actually you know what? That's interesting because nobody's really asked me that right now. So I have always in my life prided myself on the ability to adapt. I think that's what's kept my mental health where it is and why I don't seem to sweat these you know, smaller problems. Um, so I think what happened with me is the short-term cycle of COVID, you, you almost write off that first month. You think, hey, I can work from home for a month. Ain't a big deal. Summer's coming. I can get to April, mid-April, no problem. So it was fine. And then, you know, it's things change daily and and that's hard in, in and of itself because then you find yourself going, okay, when is this going to, you know, when is it going to turn itself around? And and then same thing, you know, about two, three months in, I'm, I'm looking at my phone and man, I'm up over six hours, seven hours. And I'm, you know, I'm not a math expert, but you times that by whatever to, to get a work week. And I'm going, okay. I, I asked myself, I was like, how much of this do I think is genuinely productive? Now, this is when I had at least, you know, Outlook on my phone and, and Salesforce. So I could, you know, maintain pretty much 100% functionality if I wanted to at work. But I would say like any higher than 20% is a stretch. Like most people I call, it seems I'll send them a text and I go, I'll just pick up the phone and call them. And if they don't pick up instead of leaving a voicemail, I'll leave a text, right? Like I, I treat texting like email. 
So the hardest thing for me was, was like, okay, work kind of sorted itself out because we are, we are pretty much functional uh, online, but then it became, you know, your house is now your office. It's now the gym. It's, it's home base for everything. So what do you need to do? Not only to take care of your mental health and physical health, but what do you need to do to find that secondary purpose because things have been flipped? So what I found was, you know, especially when sports weren't on and there was very minimal distractions was when I really did bury myself, I would, it would cut into everything. Like if it was five o'clock and then I ate supper at five 30, you know, and it's done by six, six 15. If at six 30, I turned on the TV that was it. There was no more reading was going to be done. There wasn't going to be another walk outside. It wasn't going to be a phone call with like my family. Like it was, it was almost depressing in a sense because you just, you almost go through the motions. So what I, and this is only maybe like a month, month and a half old was like, okay, you got to strip away everything that you have that is normal now. And now you got to find out what's next. So even like you said about education, for me, I'm chasing my CFP and I was thinking, okay, they write twice a year, once in late November, December, and once in June. And then I thought, well, if November 28th, I believe is the right date and it's 110 to 160 hour study time, but I have to get two more courses done by mid-September, that would leave me all of October and all of November, which would be more than enough time to get my CFP done. And then it's, you know, again, every, you got every excuse in the world to just take it easy, play it by ear, know that, you know, things aren't really going to change. I still like where I work anyway, and I'm not going to go anywhere. It was like, no, you need to, you need to start getting up earlier. Like you did, you need to spend a little more time in the evenings reading, whether it's the CFP material or like, I just pulled out a, a Norton anthology of, of world literature from volume one, the short edition, which is still about 700 or 800 pages. And I was like, why don't you just read like it's a bunch of short stories, poems and things. And it was, I guess if there's a, a, a general point besides the CFP and, and what I want to do, like I had to, I had to tell myself, yes, there is going to be this many hours in the day. We're not going to be back to whatever normal was January 1, 2020 until the things are sorted globally. So take this, take this bubble that has shrunk in terms of your, your social life, your, um, you know, everyday communications and I mean, my lifestyle in general and change it so that you can get as close to emotionally sound as you were prior to this, that, you know, if things eventually unfold, great, we can add that back in and adapt again. If not, congratulations, you've set a new normal for yourself earlier than you would have because you, you know, you had to take that time and look. So even as winter comes, I was looking at cross country skis because I love being outside. I love exercise. I'm no more agreeable than after a hard workout. I'm no more satisfied than after a hard work workout week. It just, it, it's my every day. It's one of the things that keeps me mentally, physically, you know, sharp. So yeah, the big thing in terms of where my energy is now needing to go or where I want to go with it was you've, you've had the time to reflect, you know, that things potentially may not change. This is your new floor but time to get a foot on that floor and time to, to get after something else. Yeah. Well, I really, I really commend you for like absolutely killing the whole workout game. Like <laughs> I, 
I follow you on Strava. I follow you on all your workout apps. Nobody should follow me on Strava. <laughs> that uh, that is quite ridiculous. How far you go every day on the runs and your bike, man? Like, I can't even fathom. But biking it's a hundred kilometers of my life. But it's it's what I harp on so much, and I what I refer to my program is the psychopath program, because uh, nobody will really know the demons. Well, you might know demons better than anyone else. Uh, that I'm either genuinely chasing or not. Uh, but I was even like, I was on a walk with my mom today there, uh, the special guest popped in there. Um, we had talked about the, not the ability to stay committed, but every, like all the little changes that add up because three years ago, 5k would have been a long way to go. And to do it under 25 minutes would have been me pushing it. And now it's like, yeah, if I got 12 to 18 hours of rest and I didn't do like a power workout or like an explosive workout the day prior, I'd try and get that bitch done in under 20 if I can. But yeah, we're going sub 25 every time. And same thing with like cycling. You can do it almost every day if you, if you know what you're doing in terms of heart rate and stretching because the the actual wear on your body isn't that bad. And at the end of the day, it's a bike. You can go five kilometers if you want. Nobody's made the tour to France, which yeah. is tomorrow for those uh they are be starting pretty soon here given the time change uh, but yeah i mean it's for me it's i just i just want to show people i just want to let people in the front door and go look it ain't about running you know 30 kilometers 40 kilometers 50 you know, 100 kilometers a week it's not about biking 500 a week what it's about is doing the things you enjoy and showing yourself what you can do if you stick to it yeah I was thinking about, so you like to kind of push yourself to do more every day and kind of have value in the things that you do every day. Yes. Since being here, for me, I kind of had to do the opposite and turn my head off once I come home after I do my workout, go to work, do my whatever I do after work. Um, Because I got to turn my brain off because it's kind of mentally exhausting being in a place where you have to think think on double time to basically be able to communicate with people and to kind of be in your own head for most of the day because you can't communicate with people fully. Yes. But that's but so, but but it's yeah, and I don't want to say it's completely different because that's also an issue I've run into in these past three months. And that's like besides the fact that I want to see how everybody was doing, like I enjoy these conversations as much as I enjoy work, working out or anything else, because these are things again, that like people need to hear and people need to understand, like nobody's alone as alone as you can feel. Yeah. But again, it's, I mean, it's hard and you know, even given your situation, like the time change and things, but yeah, that's been the biggest grind. And I think that's a bit of a common theme for everybody is like, yeah, once you're home, like your spare time, I mean, I talked about this with, with everybody at the start, and this was the only thing I feel like I was really bang on with uh, when this all started and I realized, like, we're going to be here for a while, is our generation especially, to be the first time in our lives where we've had to reflect in a way that there's no escaping that spare time. There's no escaping you going, okay, I can't travel internationally, so maybe if you had a vacation coming up, I can't go to the grocery store without a mask on, I can't gathering groups that are very large, you know, events are getting canceled left, right, and center. You're going to have to evaluate 
what your sense of happiness was, where your senses of joy came from, and really self-reflect on a level that we've never had to as a society and as individuals. And that, yeah. I think, is wearing on everybody. Yeah. See, when – so for the past year, Hannah's been here with me. So yeah. I've had kind of – I've had a good, like, support system in place. I've had a good way of kind of, like, coping through being away from home for so long. Um, but that kind of got turned on its head when COVID hit because it was – like we were just two of us stuck here together. It was like a yeah. desert, the deserted island. Yeah. So we kind of we kind of had to rely on each other for for basically every everything. Yeah. Uh, to try not to kill each other. <laughs> because. <laughs> but it point, is. But but you. We, yeah. At one point we were we were sent home from work for three weeks. So I was literally told during work hours you can't leave your house. You can leave your house after, but 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., you are in your house and you can't leave. Oof. So. That's prison. It was me and Hannah trapped in our 70 square foot apartment. I don't know what square footage is, but this thing is a shoebox. I imagine imagine it ain't big. Yeah, and it it was tough to get through, but you kind of had to deal with it. Like, we found our found a rhythm she would study and i would read books and it was kind of like be happy with what you got yes Um, it was definitely hard and to be honest i think the last three weeks with a more normal world over here in japan and hadn't been gone been a little harder because i I have no one to fill my days with like i got yeah i got myself to i got myself to rely on to to do things around here yeah no, it's, oh. it's, you know, and that's, and I was going to ask you, like, I, you know, when she was there, I imagine, well, you, you pretty much answered it. Cause I, I thought it was going to be 100% positive, but that's, that's like, that's its own trap in itself. Right. Because it's, if it was normal for us flip where you came back over for a year and then had to go back, that's fine. Cause you're, this is home. And as much as it probably felt like home when she was there immediately, probably part of you. Yeah. That's it. It's like, okay, but you're now about to experience everything I just experienced. And then you, you know, you sprinkle in the old CV 19 salt there, stir that up. And now it's like, Hey, sorry, but now we got to go through this together, which is, yeah, there's nowhere to go. Or like if you were guys are even mad at each other for five or 10 minutes, it's like, we got to sort this out because we ain't going to bed unless things are normal every day. And yeah, eight to four at home. My goodness. Yeah. So that went on for three weeks for the, the whole being stuck at home. But, even before that, or after that, sorry, when things kind of started to get back a little bit more normal, it was still tough because my first year here, the there was like social events every weekend. There were well, work events every Friday or Saturday. So it was, it was a lot easier to kind of assimilate yourself into the culture. Yeah, of absolutely. Here. But the past, august now so the past eight months it's everything's been canceled and people don't do as much mm-hmm. so it's kind of it's it's kind of harder to 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 be here without having the the outlet of being with the people that you're here with even but it's and that's exactly it though even though it's like you know whether or not it's like a huge celebration but just having another outlet to 
yeah to go right it's like when you have a tough week and i mean we don't drink like we used to but every once in a while it's like hey let's go to the pint just need a couple beers like yeah just want to watch the game just want to just want to forget like uh, yeah we'll tackle those things saturday we'll tackle them sunday or monday like don't worry we'll get after those things but right now i kind of want to plug but there's nowhere to unplug too yeah well that's not true that was the nice thing about having Hannah here was that um, the last eight months we kind of found a way to keep each other entertained and kind of like, keep each other up and not yeah just be down in the dumps down in the COVID dumps. That's what exactly what it is because people just kind of get stuck in their in their bad routine of yes. laying on the couch or kind of just well, doing nothing. A, especially and when you have it's somebody, a, it's a big trap. Yeah. And like, like you said, like when there's another person there, if you're feeling like that and you're on the couch and you're, you know, wishy-washy and you're like, ah, today's might suck. But then Hannah's like, Hey, looks nice outside. Just go for, you know, let's go for a hike today or let's go find something. Yeah. You know what? It does sound like a good idea. Like let's get up and out yeah. versus when like there's some days and I want people to really understand this. If they, you know, every chance to listen to this, I hate running. I hate it. Like <laughs> it's, it's the only thing that doesn't get easier. It always hurts your joints. It's, it's like the beautiful punishment. Like again, bike, you load up the Jersey with some snacks, you get a couple water bottles, maybe a Gatorade, you head out into the wind, you turn around on that tail end. Life's good. That's child's play. But like to force yourself out the door some days, like when I'm staring in the mirror and I'll grab my shoes from my, from my room and throw them at the front door because I'm like, if those shoes don't make it up there, you're not going to make it up there. Those shoes do make it up there. Be pretty hard pressed not to tell yourself to get out there and just like, like 5k do 10, 10, 15 sets of stairs. You know, you know, you're going to feel better, but yeah, getting to that point and especially yeah, the COVID dumps, I like that. I might have to, I'm going to commandeer that uh, for myself. Um, (laughs) It's just, it's so easy. Yeah. It's so easy to get a negative feedback loop right now. And I think that's, that's what's really hurting a lot of people. Yeah. I completely agree because after that three weeks at home, uh, they kind of opened up the gym. Uh, it looks like a f- medical field hospital right now because they <laughs> screened in between every single machine. <laughs> really? It's just like pl- plastic everywhere. Yeah. Can't stand near people. So, yeah. Um, it kind of got back to a little bit more normal, but it's still, it's still a little eerie going around and like, being in big crowds, it's it's funny how your whole mindset changes. Like, but it is. It's one of the reasons I haven't been back yet, despite gyms being open. Yeah, it's because. Just, go ahead. Your perception of your spatial perception and your own comfortability kind of kick into overdrive. Yes. After after you see the whole how the whole thing is unfolding. It's, yeah. I know that I don't feel great if I have to go to the mall or go shopping for something, but uh, it is what it is. Like, you just walk around, use your hand sanitizer. In Japan, you have to wear a mask everywhere, basically. Yeah. It's not a law, not a law by any means, but it's like a common, it's like the unwritten rule. It's a common unwritten <laughs> rule. Like, you're wearing a mask wherever you go. Because that's yeah. just Japanese culture. Yes. To to wear a mask when you're not feeling well, and even if you are feeling well, people wear masks. Yeah. 
see, and I, I, again, amazing, way. right? Versus here, it becomes like <laughs> a question of freedom. And like I, I said it before, yeah. even on, on this show, like, do I like wearing one? No. If it makes yeah. you feel comfortable at the grocery store while I go to get eggs and cheese, like, absolutely. Um, I'm 100% I'm right there because I'm not, you know, I'm not a dick. <laughs> I don't think that I'm that much more important. Like I went, I went to Canadian Tire twice in the past two weeks, both times, a couple guys, 55 plus, no mask on in line, despite the city of Edmonton fully implementing in all public indoor spaces and retailers. And 50%, I would say, minus grocery stores, but for them to provide masks to everybody would probably be an even bigger hit on them and what they have to deal with. Like most places, they give you one. To be like here, this yeah. is for you. And guys are like, "No, I'm good." It's like, look, man, if you're at Home Depot and you're picking up some plywood, or you're at, you know, Walmart and you're getting some some sticks for frisbee, wherever you're at, like, just show people that you have a baseline level of respect. Because again, what people are forgetting the idea is whether we're right or wrong, and who cares? We're trying to make it so we can get back to normal quicker. But all we're doing is making it longer because nobody wants to fully jump on board. Yeah. And the other thing is, is like people, they don't generally want to help other people. <laughs> I disagree. I don't disagree. Ooh. Why, why, why do you say that? Different. Why do you, why do you think so? Because everyone's trying to get ahead of everyone else. And okay. From, from what I, from what I see from afar right now is that, you always see the videos of the people in the, the public freakouts where they're like, it's my right, you're infringing on my right to uh, be myself or whatever. I don't know what their reasoning is for it. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with the reasoning, but me personally, I think that people do not want to help other people. If, if they can get, if people can get themselves ahead, then sure, they'll be all for that, but I don't see the innate. So, would you say that people need... do things for others only if it's not for nothing? Like people don't do it out of just the goodness of their heart? Yeah, I think that's becoming less and less common every day. See, and this is, and that that statement I may agree with, but I still think the majority, anywhere you go, in most cultures, people are willing to help. But again, I think what is really changing is the perception of that. And it's interesting that you say like, that's what you see. And that's what you see. I just think like, you know, the one thing I talk about with my dad a lot is everybody's got a voice now. And that yeah. is the issue, not because you shouldn't be allowed to, but that means everybody who's ill-informed or well-informed or uneducated or educated, illiterate, literate, everybody, if you have access to the internet, you have a voice. So I think what the issue is, is one, we're becoming a bit of an anxious culture in that sense. And especially in the times of COVID where people are even more hesitant to reach out, to react, to lend a helping hand. But why I disagree is because I think by and large, people still hold doors. People still will, you know, stop on the side of the road, see if you they can help with your flat tire. I just think we're seeing more and more of the negative because well, you know what? I think if there is a place where people do want to be righteous and seem righteous as all digital and online is myself included, even like go to my Instagram. It's a highlight reel. Everybody's is mostly a highlight reel. 
and it's good and bad for some of the reasons, but it's almost like we want to nerf every corner of the world to the point where we can eliminate harm and eliminate pain. But what people always forget is life is relative. And if you do that, different pain emerges, different issues emerge. And I, yeah, I, I would still say that I, I think most people are, are genuinely giving and, and helpful. Um, but where I would definitely agree with you is there's, there's not enough of it. There's certainly not enough of it. Like I'm tired yeah, I might, of. I might, Go ahead. I might. I might be like that because I can only see it from afar. Like from true, the past true. Eight months with the COVID thing, like my view has become a lot more cynical because, to be honest, all I see is the people in the grocery store screaming at others because yeah, they're not wearing a mask. Like I, I don't know what the feeling is over there. There's none of that here. I've never seen don't anyone exclaim in public in Japan. Yeah, oh, I got a family um, but, member who works at a grocery store, and she's she's seen people who have never met before in their entire life, basically yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's probably that might be the reason why I'm thinking that way. But from my point of view, it just seems to me that people are just not becoming worse as a human being, and it's just the whole social media culture of people being misinformed and sharing that information is kind of accelerating Mm -hmm. my thought process of people not wanting to help each other because it's all about the my views are right and yours are wrong that's the scary part yeah because that kind of that that kind of makes it worse and it throws fuel on the fire because people are just consuming whatever they want to see Yes. Yes. And the, and the curated realities, like I talked about it at some point, like if you go to my Instagram page, you're going to see F1 cars, bicycles, probably some Instagram models and a ton of NBA highlights. And that is just where it is. You know, and four years ago it was watches and fast cars and, you know, lifestyle things and where I want it to be. And it's just amazing how much that differs from, you know, um, if I, I could take any one of the, my sister's Instagram pages, go to their explore page and it's going to be worlds apart, absolutely worlds apart. So it's, yeah, it's almost like we're, we're just getting so used to falling into the demographics that the marketing and the data wants us to, that it's so hard to try and break out of that and, and live almost as a brand new person every day, because even, you know, Man, I was having the, I was trying to get just, I mean, take my phone, for example, you, you scroll all the way to the left, right? You get the news stories to pop up. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't understand why TMZ and people were just feed me news about people I don't care about, things that aren't relevant in my opinion. And all. I, I don't care about what most celebrities think. I, yeah. you know, I can use them as a bit of a barometer for everyday people and go, okay, these people have this sort of platform or this, you know, way to communicate to the masses. But I want I want a well-written article to read. I want, you know, a firsthand recounting of whatever news I'm trying to read. And, you know, TMZ is trying to tell me what's going on with some ex-rap star, or some former movie star. And I'm thinking to myself, is there a way to get these things out of that? Because I never asked for that. And I don't know what I clicked on in the early stages of Apple News to get me all these things. And then I go in there and I try and figure it out on settings. And all of a sudden I'm getting French articles for a couple of weeks. Cause I'm pretty sure I clicked on, you know, something that came out of like the Montreal Gazette or whatever. And now I'm like, okay, that's not good either. And like, you know, this is for fun now. Let's go back to it. And I'm pretty sure it's all just like 
it's all CTV and global. And it's like, okay, that's good as well. But now I need some international content. Like, can I just get a full service like the newspapers used to be? I want all the sections. Yes, I like to know what's trending, but it's not always a good view in this world of what I should be worried about. Yeah. It's scary. It's, yeah. It's a, that's the power of like social media and technology yeah. nowadays though. Like Yeah. They can they can tailor your life to whatever they like whatever yep. you click on, everything in your life can be influenced by that because it's just like a series of it's like a rabbit hole. It's a series yeah. of things you click on and then you just get fed more and more about it. Have you read uh, Hacking of the American Mind? No, I've not. Hmm. I think you would really enjoy that. It's about how the technology affects like our actual brain chemistry and why like dopamine gets released and the long lost search for serotonin. Um, and it's interesting because yeah, I've heard a lot of these concepts that are in the book, but to actually understand a bit of the science behind it and you know, how it's affecting us chemically is, is where I start to, you know, I start to reach for the old Alcan 25 foot tinfoil and, Grab a little elastic band and get that hat ready to go. <laughs> um, it, it, you know, this is this is probably a perfect time because I I like to end the show in a, in a bit of a similar way. Uh, Want to really appreciate your time, but I guess in in every conversation I've had, uh, in every direction they've went, if there was something you could leave, you know, the people, the folks at home you know, whoever tunes into this, whether they do or not, if you could leave them with like one idea or one concept or lack thereof, um, you know, that, that you think people should hear, what would that be? Well, so before I came to Japan, I kind of was, I was stuck kind of in that Alberta bubble in the Canada bubble. I didn't yep. even know what was out there. Um, I came here and I kind of, changed my view of the world as corny as it sounds when people travel that they want to find themselves and they want to explore the world it does kind of work you have to it does give you a whole it does give you a whole different view on what your life is and i saw it firsthand with my dad he came to visit me in japan he was here for three weeks and it's like it turned him into a whole different person it was really really weird and really cool to see yeah because that probably was amazing to watch He's a 64-year-old man at that time, and he kind of had his whole world rock. Yeah. I've never seen him, like, I've never seen him be so, like, invested in something that is so outside the realm that something he would like. So just get out in there and try new things. Even if it makes you uncomfortable, you have to, you, you got to get out there because it completely flips what you think the world is all about. I love that. That's my little, that's my little uh, contribution. No, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I super appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to stop oh. recording. Do hang around for the post show. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure.